Welcome to the Roots Podcast. Kanwar, pleasure to have you in the studio. I remember two years ago, uh, in 2015, I had the pleasure of coming to your home and doing the first podcast with you. So it's great to be able to have you in here and continue this journey because you've had a busy few years and it would be great to catch up. So how have you been? I've been good and thank you for having me here. Yes, your first or second time back to the UK? So it's... uh, it's my second time back in the UK. I was here about a year ago, um, starting on a project. And yeah. that project, which we'll talk about, is coming to fruition um, yes. this month. So um, this podcast will come out tomorrow, which will be a day before what you're here for, which is the launch of your exclusive exhibition at yeah. Guru Manio Granth. Yeah. So tell us more. Well, it's not just an exhibition. It's an exhibition and a permanent gallery. So the idea is to just create a, a space which will sort of take uh, the work that I've been doing for the last 10 years, but the project is almost lifted to another level because um, the the Sevadars at the Grumanio Grant have uh, just spent a lot of time doing like um, really great write-ups and uh, accompaniment for each of my pieces. And they've, they've put them all in a beautiful narrative. So, to try and make Sikh history really accessible, uh, their objective was to give a more complete uh, experience to people coming into the Gurdwara. And that's, you know, our community as well as uh, other uh, community members, sure. school groups. Um, and um, hopefully the exhibit will help in that fashion. Yeah. And you mentioned, I think this is a testament to um, – the process, but you said you came here last year, which is where the talks first begun. So how did that even come about? Well, for the last three years, I've been actively uh, exhibiting. Yeah. So what I uh, have done is that uh, in the past, I was really content as an artist just to work, 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 and I really never popped my head up out of my studio, you know, I'd finish a painting, on to the next one, yeah. on to the next one. I remember you actually saying in the last podcast, the, once you were in that zone, you kind of shut yourself off to the world because you would just continue putting out the workflow. And as the creativity hit you, you just, yeah, like you said, you buried yourself away. Yeah, I have a really bad habit of doing that. <laughs> uh, the main thing is that, the, the, you know, when you see my work, it's very detail-based. There's a whole process to it. So it, for me, it's a, an art piece isn't something that happens in like a day or two. It's often like months in the process. So I'm very reluctant to break that sort of, you know, when things are going really well for me. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's a day or two turns into a week. And if it turns into a month or several months, I don't want to stop. So what I don't do a lot of, which other artists do, is I don't uh, exhibit much. I don't, you know, I really don't get to like meet the people yeah. that appreciate the work. And I've been asked over and over again for the last 10 years that I've been doing this to, you know, please come out, you know, we want to see the work, we want to talk to you. So about two years ago, I finally started doing that. And it was a wonderful experience to really engage with people um, and really to hear what, how they receive the work. So would that have been uh, the Sikh Heritage Month? That was the kind of start of that. Okay. Yeah, I got involved with uh, Sikh Heritage Month in Brampton about yeah. uh, three years back when we launched it, and I took care of the art side. Uh, that was sort of like it was. I worked with a really wonderful group 
and and they were really good at the event planning side, but they really had no clue about the art. Sure. So I just sort of took that on and I created an exhibition space, reached out to a large network of artists that I had connected with in the past, uh, some people that I mentor, um, that I wanted to encourage them to then, you know, exhibit their work sure. for the first time. And as a result of that, we had this wonderful exhibition space created. And I think I kind of caught the bug after that. Uh, so I did that for another two years. Uh, and I also started um, taking my exhibit uh, outside, um, uh, you know, uh, into uh, Montreal, Ottawa, um, hoping to do that again. So April becomes my sort of touring exhibition, um, uh, touring month. Yeah, which is nice if you can sort of put it into a season, mm-hmm. it gives you something to work towards as well. Because I know we, we talked about how deadlines can kind of be a good thing because they push you to then mm-hmm. complete pieces, <laughs> knowing that they have to come out for somewhere. Yeah. So what happened is that I I think the second year, uh, somebody saw, some uh, somebody from the Guru Manuel Granth Gurdwara was visiting and they saw one of the pieces that we'd had blown up. It was a, painting of Guru Arjan Devji uh, when he's um, putting together the Adi Granth when Bhai Gurdas is uh, scribing it. Yeah, this and, was over in Canada. Yeah, so this, right. was, this was second year Securities Month and I think they got to see like the scope of the painting. Right. Because I, I always envision, uh, people don't have the wall space for my paintings as they're intended. Right. I don't have the wall space for it, <laughs> but they're all intended to be massive. Yeah, I've seen the size of your printer. You're right. <laughs> it takes up this whole room. <laughs> exactly. So it's always a pleasure when you do get to print them at the scale. Yeah. Because even at that, that, that painting, for instance, when you look at it, there's a tiny detail in it. Where, with, you, when you print it to life size, in the distance, there's um, young Guru Hargobind, uh, and his mother in, in, you know, in the far off distance. And you don't even see that. You don't see that unless it's blown up large. I'm going to have to go. Yeah. See, now that you've just said that, I'm going to have to go back and pay attention. Yeah. Oh, well, all of my actually, details. Will I be able to see on Saturday? Yeah. Is yeah. Oh, you'll okay. see it. So you, um, so there's going to be, there's a lot of fine detailing. In fact, all of my paintings have something hidden in them hmm. that people have had the paintings for ages and then they spot it like randomly one day and they email me. But that's so nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> to have something and still be able to discover something about it later on, yeah. it's like you get to purchase it all over again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, hold on a minute. This is, this is new, but it was there the whole time. It but was there, yeah. What a nice discovery. Yeah. So you were saying they, they saw one of your pieces in Canada. Yeah, so they saw the potential for the storytelling. Because for me, my art, I, I don't, my art is really linked to the story. In fact, for me, the painting is secondary to the story. Mm. Because the way I see it is that every generation, we sort of reinvent how we visually tell stories. Absolutely. But the story never changes. Yeah. So the story is always the hinge point. So whenever I create a piece, I, I need it to anchor to not so much a strict um, historical time, like, you know, not the nitty gritty of history. Like I have a background in, in in world history. That's what I did in university. So I, and, but I also have a background in literature. That was the other thing I did. So for me. And animation. And animation. <laughs> I, I stayed in school way too long, uh, which my parents told me. Um, so. As a result of that, I'm really like, I find this fine balance between 
history, but what the alive part of history, not the stuff that goes in dusty cases and sure. gets forgotten. Uh, for me, the story is the part that's alive. That's the part that lives. So I want my art to be anchored in the story. So storytelling is so important. So when they saw this one painting, they saw how many different stories I was telling in it. In that one painting, you have Garaj and Devji is uh, narrating the Adi Granth, compiling it, it's, which is a very seminal moment in Sikh history. Course, it, yep. it's, you know, it gives us that canon. It gives us you know, the beginning of Guru Granth Sahib. Um, and then you also have, I also want to tell the fact that this, this event coincides with the building of Harmindar Sahib, which also Guru Arjun Dev Ji um, saw to that. And what's interesting is that for this exhibition, I also created a companion piece for that, this, oh, which is Guru Arjan Dev Ji's Shahidi. Because when, by giving us the Adi Granth, that's the reason Guru Arjan Dev Ji is assassinated at the end of the, you know, it, when it really comes down to it, that's a very, um, it was a very political move. 100%. Absolutely. Right? Um, it's, it's giving a text in the common tongue, in, in a, you know, and it's also including texts from different castes. It's, it's, and, and, it was, and at the time, it was bringing people back, you know, or pe- bringing people into Sikhi out of the other religions, yeah. out of Islam, out of the dominant religion. So that's the real reason. So that's a very seminal moment. Yeah. So the, the inception of it is so significant for what you're saying there because it is in at that time and context what a form of rebellion mm-hmm. you know what, what yeah. a form of rebellion through the written word and like you said because of what it contains the choice of dialect the yeah. the choice of bringing in um other people who weren't sick and taking their words because their message was in mm-hmm. line with the yeah. guru's vision yes all of that allowed it to then have this like a piece of protest you yes. know that it really was so that's really interesting you took both time frames and, and that's accompanying yeah. that pe- original piece okay. yeah so then so what i did was create sketches that accompany some of these bigger paintings and when i say sketches i don't mean like they're they're quite detailed they're borderline paintings in themselves sure. um just my idea of a finished painting gets right. a little bit obsessive <laughs> um and uh, so, and then it's followed again by another painting of when Guru Hargobind, um, uh, the Guru Gaddi of Guru Hargobind, Sab, and the the pivotal moment where, like, you know, Guru Arjan Devji instructs that his son should sit on the throne armed, you know. So in it, it shows um, Guru Hargobind with both swords, the Miri Piri swords. Um, so it's, so what, what happened, what, so this project, what's happening is that they took the amount of work that I've done and then we sort of started filling in stories in between, which involved creating 50 new pieces, Wow! which was uh, an epic That's sort of undertaking. <laughs> it was, it was honestly, it was like, you know, 14, 16 hour days, um, I, I was so long in the chair that I, I needed like to see a chiropractor afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it was that bad. It was, but I was so proud of what I did because at the end of the day, it just pushed me because um, at, at Guru Mani Grant, they invested so much into this project and it was all for the right reasons. And so I felt this pressure to now, I've really got to give them something really good. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, hopefully that's when people come well, out and they'll see that. It worked as a positive motivation. So in terms of having to come up with these 15 new pieces, because I remember 
when when we spoke last time, you said that often ideas would just come to you, mm-hmm. and as they came to you, you would work on them and then yeah. take them to that place. So, did you find through the sort of conversations you were having with them and the collaborative process, it started to fill in those moments in between for you? Yes, absolutely. Um, because w- what I tend to do is. I never work on one painting at a time. Yeah. I will often have like, you know, f- basically I I might be working on four paintings, you know, one that's sort of the primary one that I'm focused on, three that I'm sort of bouncing around every time I get a little bit stuck. I don't like to ever stop. So if the painting that I'm fully engaged in, I, I'll hit some roadblock, I'll go to some of the other ones that, and just push them along a bit. That's a great way to keep momentum. It is. And then there's another two that are ping-ponging inside my brain. (laughs) So uh, as a result of that, what ends up happening is I end up having a lot of work, which sort of – for every painting that I put out, there's three that never do get put out. So when we started having this conversation about what they wanted to do, create this really grand narrative – and I'll be like, oh, well, I, I, I sort of got a painting for that. And I sort of got a painting for that. And at some point, I suddenly realized they were like, they were okay with everything. And I actually sort of didn't tell them some of the paintings that I had. Because uh, okay. I was like, I saw how much work is. They were very keen to put the work up as it was. Okay. But me, you know, being sort of a perfectionist artist, I was like, because uh, some, some of the ideas were very raw. Some yeah. of them were a sketch. You know, some, you might have a hand or something not drawn right. And I know that when you put it up, they're like, uh, well, it's all right, but look, this is the hands off. Yeah. You know? Or if anything, you'll <laughs> yeah. notice it. So I'll even if someone it. else does it, uh, yeah, yeah. that will eat at you being like, no, I know that could have been a different way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my house, like, I, I, it's good to put the paintings behind glass because that stops me from taking them down and fiddling <laughs> with them more. So they're never done for me. Yeah. Um, so we created this sort of like really nice sort of narrative and they they put a lot of work into the presentation of it, um, composing all the, the text. So it's really reachable because I think, I, I think we forget how like little some people know. Like we, we, you know, it's almost like you have to craft the narrative for non-six because unfortunately, a lot of our younger generation, there's those that are very engaged, but there's mm-hmm. also those that like there aren't. Yeah. And it's not their fault. It's just it's how does it's we have to create easy entry points for them. Yeah. And that's yeah. what this project is. And I think that's a great way to do it. Something you said last time that really stuck out to me was your approach to painting was how can you tell a story in a single picture? Yes. And I, I, it really stood out to me. But now hearing how this collaboration has come about, I think it's fascinating because you've almost taken on the role of a director mm-hmm. and, and you've storyboarded effectively a script, yes. which will now have its showing yeah. uh, on Saturday. And I, I think that's wonderful. I, what a great feeling that you can, you're going to see this. And anyone who goes through that, you, we're kind of going back to animation, you know, yeah. like I'm going to start at painting one per se and walk through and by the end of it, Every single person who walks through it is going to walk out with a different feeling. Mm-hmm. But the the core message, which is what you guys have worked on, I think that's a very powerful tool that you can walk away with because uh, imagery is so – it just evokes so many different emotions. And like you said, especially when – I mean you could you could almost make a – it could be your secret twist to things. You know, you're, you're, you could be the antagonist. But every, every few months you say, by the way, did you notice that in this corner this is right. going on? Be like – 
I need to go back to the Gurdwara. I need, <laughs> yeah. I need to go back because I didn't notice that. I need to see this. Yeah. So that's a really cool way to bring this together. And were you part of the storytelling process in terms of the write-up as well? Did they show you like what, did it match with what you had envisioned through what you had created to how they describe the scene? You know, not so much. Um, I was happy to sort of just create the work. Sure. Because I've often had this experience where I will go to, this is one of the things I like about uh, exhibiting. Um, somebody will come up to my paintings and we'll have a conversation and that person will describe the painting better than I ever could have. You know, they're just sort of able to connect with it in a different level and it's refreshing for me. Okay. And when I collaborate with people, I really like to just let them do their thing. I find that that way you learn from it. I, I just get like, and at the end of the day, the paintings will be the paintings. Um, and so I only, I've, a lot of this exhibit will be totally like new to me. You oh. know, like even as we said, uh, right, we're sitting here, they're like putting in the finishing touches and I don't even want to see it like until it's up. I just want everything to be final. Um, and I don't think they want us, they don't mean to see it either because <laughs> no one's given me a lift to the Gurdwara. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's kind of a really nice feeling because yeah. you've done your part. Yes. And, and how wonderful is it that uh, so you can collaborate with people who share your vision, share your idea. And like you said, they've, they've taken it upon themselves to now take that to the next next part of the journey yeah. you've done your bit which was yeah. creating the art pieces now they are going to help curate that mm -hmm. so to speak and tell a story around it and i think that's like next is pretty much a film you know like, like yeah. that's that's the next step but i think that's a great way to have that collaboration so now these 15 new pieces um so no one has seen them these are these are all going to be launched yeah. exclusively uh, and no one will see a lot of them until like even afterwards, I won't be releasing them. A lot of them, I'll gradually release them. Sure. I mean, I'm sure people will take pictures and whatever, but yeah. you know. But at the end of the day, if you want to see them, then you have to come see them, and you might not see them for months otherwise. Well, I think that's fascinating. And with those, are you happy with with the overall story that you were able to tell? Because I guess you were working with different timelines because you've had some staple mm -hmm. pieces which have been there, and then now. You, as you grow as an artist, so does your vision and maybe your approach. So did you find that you were finding ways to blend the two together of stuff that had been around for a while versus these new pieces that you were having to create? I think it's, it's actually remarkably easy because when I'm painting, I've always, had, whether I was aware of it or not, I've had the same sort of timeline in my head. I've always seen it as this long, protracted film. Oh, interesting. Right? So it, that's why it was so easy to like basically arrange them. There was no editing needed. There was no. It's like it, more scenes. You've already got. You've already got the vision in your yeah. mind, and you're just creating more scenes. Yeah. Through that, wow. Yeah. And so, has this given you? Is this an approach you'd like to continue? Like being able to almost do a series, and and, and release it in that in that format. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's so much potential for that. Uh, there's so many different things you can do. Uh, I've worked on, I mean, I'm working on different projects. Uh, what's happened as a result of this project is I've actually put out a lot more work this year than I anticipated doing. And in a way, I'm a little bit sort of painted out okay. after this. <laughs> um, so I really want to work on something completely different. So, I mean, and I always have so many things going on. And I think a few years ago, we, we talked about like a comic book that I wanted to do. Yes. Um, my original passion in, in art started 
uh, in comic books. Yes. I wanted to be a comic book artist from like, you know, when I used to live around the corner here in Heston, yeah. Yeah. I, like, you know, <laughs> just sitting there like endlessly, like, you know, going, like drawing like comic page after comic page and we sending it into Marvel UK and whatever. Yeah. They'd ignore me. But, <laughs> you know, so, um, and then, um, so I'm working on, uh, I'd like to sort of, come back to a project that yeah. I, I was working on. Um, well, let's get into that. Cause yeah. I mean, it was fascinating even when um, you first, actually I'll let you share it. How did that idea first come about? Okay. So I approached a friend of mine. Uh, he's uh, he's a PhD in English lit. Um, he's not sick. His name is Chris, but he knows <laughs> how to tell stories. And I gave him like this sort of, I guess sort of like a kid's book of like, Punjabi f- uh, Sikh folk tales, okay. you know, um, or, our, or our history, you know, but it was, it was each story was told in a two, three page. And I just asked him to pick something. So he read all of them, the whole book, and he came back. He said he really wanted to do the story of uh, Bhai Bota and Bhai Garja Singh uh, when they took a, uh, started charging a toll on the uh, Grand Trunk Road. Yep. So the comic book is going to be called The Toll. And it tells their story. But over the years, it sort of evolved in my brain. Like we wrote out a script. um, We had some holes in it. But somehow visually didn't see it in a way that really interested me. It was kind of, I didn't want to make it just like another comic book. Okay, you didn't want to follow the conventional ways of doing it. Yeah, I've always been drawn to like more sort of, especially recently, more sort of independent comic books, away from the sort of Marvel DC sort of style, a lot of headshots and talkie bubbles and stuff, right? And so what I've sort of developed it into is more like, almost like each page will really consist of only two panels, uh, really like two paintings stacked on top of each other or alongside each other. It's very cinematic in scope and a completely different style too. I'm experimenting with a style that is really not what you're used to from me because the trouble with the comic book is there's a lot of work. So yeah. I can't do it in the style that I currently do it. I mean, if you took all of the work that I've done and arranged it into a comic book, you'd have about half a comic book right. maybe. And that's <laughs> 10 years of work. Yes. Okay. So... You know, before I die, I'd like to get this done. <laughs> sure. So, so I'm developing a new style, of, uh, 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 but it's going to come back to sort of my sort of film training, and, and it's going to be told in a very cinematic way. And and almost I want it to be a visual poem. I want the words to be really limited. Like if if, if a panel, you know, instead of like two people talking and bubbles everywhere, I want that condensed to maybe ten words, five words, one word. You know, to really and let the visual language let the images push the story because we know the story that's sure. sort of the beauty of that's why i'm addicted to this um to sick history um and people always ask me this like i think we told you the only question i can't stand is when people ask me if i'm going to do other religions yeah and it really makes yeah. me want to just um <laughs> because i just this is what i feel really connected of to of course yeah and and the thing is i share that connection with a lot of other people and and it's they know the story, but it's how we tell the story and what yeah. messages we put behind the story. So, and it, it's funny you say because even coming back to our point of a younger generation, the idea of they know the story. We're talking of an older generation. Yeah. I, I I'm confident to say that I could ask a lot of the younger generation mm. below our age, right. and they'll be like, 
rings a bell and some will just be like, haven't got a clue. Right, right. So actually you're afforded an opportunity to bring in a very important sex story because it was a, talking of politics, talking about the idea of uh, being sovereign, Bota and Garja Singh mm-hmm. effectively went out onto the road. That's yeah. like them taking the main street, yeah. like Dixie Road or, you know, taking yeah. the main Great West Road here yeah. and saying, right, if you want to move through here, yeah. you're going to pay a sick tax. Yes. We do not recognize the Mughal rule yeah. and we are enforcing Karl Saraj right yes. here. Yeah. It's a it's an incredibly important story because especially mm-hmm. now we're in a day and age of petitions yeah. and, and, and these, these forms of uh, protest that really don't result in anything. Yeah. But historically, yeah. you've, got, you've got fascinating forms of resistance that make you think, whoa, you know, two, two people, yeah. not a forge, yeah. you know, not loads of backup. Two yeah. people said, we're going to do this. Yes. And, and I love the way you're doing it. What you're saying kind of reminds me, and I hope you take this in a good way, um, Reminds me of, um, uh, have you seen The Hate for Late? No, I haven't. Okay, it, okay. it reminds me of, I've forgotten the producer, uh, the director's name. Tarantino. Quentin, yes. It reminds me of Tarantino because yeah. he has this way of saying so much in a shot. Yes. And you can sit and watch that mm-hmm. shot yeah. and build a story. And it of sounds course. like you that that's that's something that's the approach you're taking but in the comic form and i think that's amazing because now it's open to the imagination of the person who looks at it and, right. and as long as you get the core message which is good you've got your phd mm-hmm. <laughs> english guy on hand as long as you yeah. get the core message yes. of what they're trying to say right the rest is just open to me to look and yeah. interpret yeah and that's really exciting well well that's what you're touching upon right like okay so you're you're saying you're coming from a generation that sort of knew the story Right, and I'm in the same same boat. Right, we knew it, um, and this current generation maybe knows it less or doesn't know it at all. Yeah. So, but the thing is, what is this current generation referring to? Stuff that like our parents maybe so the art that like from the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or the or the soba things. Or, yeah. So yeah. that stuff barely connected with us. Yeah. Is but, not going to yeah. connect. So we we have this sort of special spot where we we can sort of connect with what like somebody now, like a younger kid would, I have children of my own, what they would connect with. And at the same time, we kind of understood. So we were sort of a bridge between yeah, those absolutely. generations. So our our job is to sort of carry that information across. And the reason I say I have, you know, my very white friend, Chris, who wrote the story, <laughs> It's not that he wrote, I mean, I know the story. I could have written the story. I guess he was able to see it from very non-sick eyes just as a storyteller. So he brought things to my attention that I would not have noticed. So it kind of, it, it and it's not stuff that's going to be like in the overt messaging. Okay. But just in the, how do you tell a really good, high quality story on the same level, right? We want to tell, we want to create work. We have... Um, stories that are amazingly inspirational. Mm. But in terms of what we are producing with that, it's still not, it's getting there. It's getting better. You know, we're stepped away from the 60s calendar art, but we're not. I'm so so glad you say that because I I could not agree more. And it's so important that we challenge ourselves Mm -hmm. to push that narrative. And uh, you touched on something there that is something that just came to mind. But uh, how do you ensure that 
because whilst there's a benefit that your friend Chris doesn't uh, doesn't have a sick lens on it, mm-hmm. at the same time we want to ensure that the message maintains a, a sick message and that doesn't get lost. Well, that's the astonishing part of it, actually, because there are times when I wanted to sort of go off and sort of like pad the story a bit. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Bring it back. Bring it back to the story. Bring it back to the story. Okay. Because he was actually, he just saw it with like for the first time and he was interested in the story, which I've heard so much mm. that I wanted to add, I wanted to embellish, but he kept bringing it back, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not like just he wrote it and then I'm drawing it. It's that he sort of like helped me keep it, you know, keep a certain sort of universal storytelling focus onto it. Okay, yeah. And that's what helps keep it, get it to like a higher level of quality. Now, I'm saying this prior to being done, so it yeah. could be all for nothing. But I <laughs> no, hope I not. don't think it will be. Well, <laughs> yeah. the point I'm touching on, and the good thing is I think you're already on board with this line of thinking is you understand the significance of what they've done. Mm-hmm. And it, and for me, I'm just yeah. saying that it's important that because it's kind of uh, it's a responsibility, yeah. you know. But it's it's a responsibility that I think both you and I are happy to take on yeah. because we're passionate, we're genuinely passionate about this. It's mm-hmm. ours, yeah. and we want to share it in a new light. And I think there's something quite powerful in um, ensuring that the idea of it was a sovereign move, it was a political yes. move. As long as those essences are maintained, yeah. And to be careful not to. Um, Turn it into, I don't know if you ever saw these comics, it was by Chakravata or something like that, mm. really old school sick comics. Right. And um, that's kind of what they done. They lost the story. Yeah. So they told the story, yeah. so, but but they lost the essence of yeah. what it meant. And yeah. Kind of what you do through your paintings, you have a meaning. Yeah. And that doesn't, get, no matter what else happens around it, you make sure the meaning yeah. is within it. Yeah. Uh, something which I, I will touch on later is I thought you done brilliantly through the uh, Just One Sinkala painting. Mm-hmm. You know, you... That's very significant. And I think we're in a day and age where holding on to this political identity and sovereign identity in engaging formats, such mm-hmm. as a comic book, yeah, you know, which they have done. This, you, yeah. this isn't nothing new we're touching on. Yeah. Comic books have often had huge political meanings or, mm-hmm. or alternate, you know, it's not just um, good guy, bad guy, yeah. uh, you know, superpowers. You, yeah. know, the, you have intense stories. So I think mm. maintaining that, I think there's a good balance between you two. He's keeping the... The uh, I don't want to call it purity. He's keeping the essence of storytelling. Yeah. But you keep the groundedness of making sure it's a sick story yeah, and it's not course. just a story. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, because how when you, you have too many with people that? with like the same lens. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's sort you of, you're not creating something new. It's, yeah. It, then it's just simply more, yeah. not even an evolving. It's a furtherance of the same narrative. So yeah. I think having both of you come together. You can challenge each other because, like yeah. you said, and I don't blame you for wanting to embellish. That's how our stories have been told. Yeah, you, exactly. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's where we get the George from. That's yeah. where we get that excitement. That's yeah. where you know Jakari are thrown in Gurdwara because yeah. there is a you know yeah. there is that sense of adding to the story, but in a way that we're accustomed to. Yeah. But he's almost being like, mm-hmm. "This means nothing to me." Yes. This is what we're going to keep. Yeah. So I think that's a nice balance. And yeah. It's, how far along are you in this? Like, how does it feel? Are you happy with the way it's coming together? Well, at this point, Chris has done his part. He's given me uh, a good synthesis of the story and we've broken it into like chapters. Now is the hard work of drawing everything out, you know, which is sort of in the comic book. There's a reason the artist gets paid the most. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I've had quotes. Of the so work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, um, 
are you setting yourself a deadline or is it going to be similar to how you work which is your your sort of four to five the simultaneous projects and this happens to be one of them so you're going to sort of add that into the mix of what you're what you've got going on well i know what i want to do is really like roll with it in the new year um i'm almost a little drained on the kind of work that i've done sure um and i've i've completed a lot of work that really just i have had it ping-ponging my brain and because of this project at guru maniogram gurdwara it like i said it's forced me to finish a lot of work or at least move it along enough that i'm happy enough because there's no finishing paintings sure, it's, yeah. it's i think it's like george lucas said no film is ever yeah. completed well, like, it's just like you abandoned. said you need glass in front of it yeah exactly that, that, that's enough that, that's your stop gap <laughs> yeah so i think as a result of that what what i want to do is really just completely give my brain a different gear to yeah. work on next next year um and uh so i'm going to go full tilt with it and i'm i'm hoping a deadline emerges because i want i conceive i'm conceiving it as i said in a more pictorial sense sure yeah minimal words so i mean my goal is to basically make it an exhibit with like giant oh, wow. paintings right yeah like big like sort of 8 foot tall 10 12 feet tall pages that you walk through that would be amazing you're immersing yourself yeah. walking through a comic book you're walking story. through yeah, a comic book that would be amazing so, um so this project this is the project for this year and maybe that'll be the project for next year yeah. you know and maybe either whether it happens here or uh in slough or it happens in a different site somebody will give me a deadline and say we need it by then yeah <laughs> so, okay well that that's a good and thing and that works for me yeah you know? and i look forward to that i think what you've touched on there cuz as we were discussing um off air that you know i i've worked on some pieces and it's been a passion project to want to bring that to life in graphic mm-hmm. novel form and it's just the limitations of like you said cost and mm-hmm. just time yeah. it really is consuming so the fact that you can throw yourself at it and yeah. and i think it's great that you'll have that motivation because whilst it's still in the arena of what you're passionate about yeah. it's it, you're right it's completely fresh it's yeah. something completely different yeah. and you can just have that excitement again because mm-hmm. as an artist do you find sometimes it's i i find it very hard to describe describe feeling because mm-hmm. the, the, it's not it's not a clocking in it's not a 9 to 5 per se yes you have targets or yes you have uh, a vision or a goal in mind but at the same time it's not uh in the next 3 hours i need to do 300 strokes you know right, you, you, right, right. you're not tasked the same way so how do you sort of um find yourself in those moments where you are tired or you are exhausted because of the work output how do you find your your second wind so to speak or just the inspiration again Yeah that you know what it's a challenging thing when there is an oppressing deadline that has the challenge of keeping yourself focused mm. you end up doing more thinking and sort of like exploring this path and exploring that path um and when that hard deadline comes it's about get it done and so in that situation and that's what happened closer to the end here where they were literally like getting worried that they weren't going to get <laughs> right, the work yeah. in time. Um so it was a push and pull between like they were like no send it now it's fine I was like no it's not fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is that like you know in each case you find a way to sort of like use whatever the circumstances are to yeah. your advantage. So I try to do as much of thinking about my paintings like whenever I have a free moment is all I literally think about all the time anyway. Yeah. So every idle moment, you know, even as we're talking here, I mean I, I mean okay, even when I was doing these paintings, there was there was one painting that I've been dying to do all year. Um and it's in it's probably the only painting I'll work on next year. 
Okay. Because I just have to get it out. It's driving me nuts. Right. Um, and it's it's and it's a beautifully composed painting. And, it, and it's a Guru Gobind Singh Ji um, just before they crossed the Sarsa River. Oh, you know, okay. and it's I've got every detail of it worked out in my brain. Yeah. And at some point I have to get it out because otherwise, like, like just, you know, it starts like frustrate. It's almost yeah. like a. And you want it while it's you, you want it yes. while you're passionate about the idea because yeah. your creativity will come from that place of you can finally let it out. Yeah. And let those moments flow. And OK, maybe this is a good segue. So thank you for that. But the Gorbin the 350 project. Yeah. So what, what did that entail? Uh, so this is a project I sort of hatched. Um, again, same thing. I just wanted to get – I had so many paintings. of. Uh, for some reason, I keep coming back to Guru Gopin Singh Ji's Lefaj. I'm not sure why, but just got like just one idea after another. Yeah. And um, I was literally just filling in like, you know, so much of his life, really the seminal important moments that informed so much of our history happens in his lifetime. So – and. So what I wanted to do was because this year was the 350th anniversary of Guru Gobind Singh's birth. I wanted to um, just sort of like tell that story. So I made a commitment of releasing one new painting every month, which I managed to keep up till about June. And then once this project kicked off, they asked me, "Can you please not release anymore?" Oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> they were like, "We really want to have as much work as possible." So then, I sort of reneged on my promise of releasing it every month, but I do one for every month. Right, right. So they will all be released in sort of a in, in as one thing, which I think will actually be a lot more impactful. Uh, one of the the series I'm really proud of is there's four uh, four paintings um, detailing like what happens uh, uh, during Chamkor, so the mm. siege of Chamkor. Um, so there's a painting for Baba Jeet Singh, which will get unveiled. There's a painting for Baba Jujar Singh, which I've already released. Um, then there's a third painting of Guru Gobind Singh leaving the fort, which is really interesting because it's not like a finished painting. Um, but a, so it's sort of in between a sketch and a painting, but it really works. Okay. And this is one where I'm almost kind of glad they told me to stop because I just some, somehow I couldn't like, you know, as I, as I kept adding more detail, I kept losing the essence of it. So I've done like three, four versions of this painting and I keep coming back to this earlier draft. So finally I just said, you know what, maybe this is just where it's meant to be. Mm. So it's really interesting because it's then like a life-size sketch about like, you know, six feet tall and about, I'm going to say at least eight or nine feet long. Wow. So it's, you know, to really kind of show the whole uh, the story yeah. and then the final painting of, uh, is Guru Gobind Singh the Machibara Forest which I released recently yes yeah. so you get to so I guess people have seen like in between snippets so they yeah, yeah so they, they, they'll get to see that whole passage so now when you talk about you're able to create them life size effectively with those sizes um, you're still working in the digital realm Yes. So as I said before, I think we talked about it before. I was trained yeah. classically yeah. doing oils and acrylics. But the thing is that when I started doing Sikh history um, paintings first, there was often the need for constant revision. Because mm. somebody would say to me, oh, but you got that wrong and that's not quite right. And of course, I want to get things as accurate as possible. Absolutely. So doing it in oils and acrylics when you're so committed to something – it just you'll never get anything done, and also the scope of my paintings. I mean, they're meant to be seen large. Yeah. So you know, finding studio spaces for canvases that are like you know six feet tall and 
<laughs> 80 feet wide or whatever, yeah. is not really going to – it's very difficult. Yes. So uh, as a result of that, I um, I moved into the digital platform because it allows me to like uh, just go back on work, um, change things, experiment. Now, I have keep really strict rules of myself. I don't want to be known as some sort of Photoshop artist or anything like that. Sure. So I paint exactly the way I would paint traditionally. I use a stylus instead of a brush. I spill less paint because there isn't any. But yeah. <laughs> essentially, it's like it's the same. Yeah. Because then my because I was always afraid although, of although losing. Although I do remember you saying that it was like painting with a carrot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. You know, when I go back to a brush, it's so much more versatile yeah. versus the stylus. They've gotten better, but they're, they're not at the same level. You yeah. know, there's some things that I completely miss. I miss being able to use texture. Mm. You know, when, when you're doing a ni- painting a nice dowry, Texture helps. Of course, yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas when you don't have texture, you have to sort of, you know, embellish, like true, highlights. Yeah, and stuff. You're, you're, you're working in the flat realm. Exactly. So, yeah. It's almost like sort of like the old painters, like if you, if you go to a museum and before they had oil paints, they had egg tempera, which is a very smooth paint. Right, okay. So you can't do texture very well with yeah. egg tempera. You know, it doesn't come out that well. So it's kind of a lot like that. So... So there's things I definitely miss. And that's the other part of going back. Like, so next year, all I want to do is just go back to oils, acrylics, because I'm afraid of like losing like my touch with okay, that. Yeah. And yeah. with the comic book stuff, just pen and ink. Nice. So I'm just going to give this a rest. Now, I don't know if this would be breaking art rules. So forgive my ignorance yeah. here, but what would happen if you like, you take your printed canvas, mm-hmm. but then you took your oils or your acrylics to add texture post? Well, actually, you're actually getting into what, the other thing that I'm experimenting with. So with the comic book pages, I yeah. want to do a bit of both. I, because it's such a big project, I can just work so much faster with the tablet. Of course, yeah. Right? Um, so what my plan is to sort of begin it in that phase, and I already worked out about 10 pages or so. Maybe not that many, but, you know, uh, at least to get a feel of it. And then what I want to do is then print them and then just attack them with paints. Wow, you know? that'd be so cool! Like, yeah, so yeah. then I'll have the best. I'm trying to find that. that space to have the best of both worlds. Yeah. So, so I think that's what we, and I don't know. Maybe we're sounding a bit like old folks here, but maybe because we've grown up with the tangible and with the mm. texture and with the feeling, yeah. we still feel a sense of nostalgia to that. But I think there's something really important about that. I think just on an iPad or just on a screen where there mm. isn't that feeling. I mean, yeah. I know they're messing with augmented reality, but even still, you go like that and there's nothing there, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's a fabricated reality. Yeah. And I think there's something, like I'm still, although I read books on my phone or, or tablet, there are cert- certain books I have to buy. I right. have to turn the page. I have to yeah. dog ear them. I have to scribble on them. Like there's something about that tangible, physical feeling that, yeah. that I think imprints a different um, emotion to it yeah. versus just typing it or in, in that digital format. So I, I think that's a great idea because being able to, f- I don't know, there's just something about the idea of being able to feel it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, the Dari is a great point. Like, yeah. Yeah, how do you digitally articulate what's going difficult. on here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost takes more skill to do it. Yeah. There's so many things that actually take more skill to paint. As long as you are legitimately painting it and not doing some kind of cut and paste or anything like that, as long as you're legitimately painting it, some of them are sign- some things are significantly harder to do. To do convincingly, yes, eyelashes, yeah. things like that, texture and clothing. Yeah, it's so much easier yeah. when you can just use that texture. Yeah, yeah. How do you convey like, wrinkles on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes when you're painting, like if you just use like 
the the texture of the canvas itself mm. and rub off the paint. You'll get that kind of clothy texture yes. so easily. Can't do that with that unless you're sort of pasting it in. But that, yeah. so I keep really strict rules with myself because I don't want my my so. By doing it that way, my skill level has actually really increased because there's so much more like I can try different things. I'm not scared yeah. of like wrecking a massive painting, which is what I would do before. Right. Right. I would have like something 90% done, get some half-baked idea, pursue it, destroy a painting. Oh. You know, <laughs> yeah. that was like. I don't think you have the time to do that anymore. Yeah, but four years of art school was like that. Yeah. Um, Luckily, in art school, the way it worked was like if you mess something up, you get a better grade than doing it properly. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's really interesting because I think – it comes back to that age-old rule that learn the rules, yeah, but do so because they give you the freedom to yes. experiment with what you can do to break them, alter them, yes. uh, play with them. And I'm yeah. really intrigued to see what that would look like because you are almost entering the best of both worlds. Yeah. Where, okay, you've, you, you've created originally on digital because from a convenience, mm-hmm. um, being able to move fast creatively, yeah. but then to bring back that touch of tangibility and feeling and texture yeah. – It'll be really unique. I, I, yeah. I, I feel sorry for the printers. I have no idea how they're going <laughs> to like <laughs> manufacture that on mass. But yeah. as an idea, I, yeah. I think that – or actually, that'd be amazing for your six foot by yeah. – for the walkthrough experience. Exactly. That'd be phenomenal because yes. then there's almost a feeling of they're coming out. Yeah. You know, by, oh, man, yeah. hurry up. Like, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. So one thing I did want to touch on you when we last spoke, um, and I, I, I've seen you, you have um, – sort of ventured into that realm as well but you were quite interested and it's it's, it's funny because you mentioned it as well that you reach a certain point artistically and you feel content with that journey of artwork and then you want to go almost completely against the grain but in the same field so you had created a lot of the guru centric work and then i remember you spoke about wanting to create more artwork reflected of sort of the darker Sikh history and uh, and more um uh yeah just, just battles and and just different moments of Sikh history and I personally thought it was an absolutely beautiful piece you depicted of Jaswant Singh Kalra. Um, how has that journey been for you? Because I remember we discussed like you had 1984 on your mind. You had um, just significant moments of Sikh history that aren't like using your own words, aren't necessarily the pictures you want to put up in your living room, <laughs> but yeah. they're important yes. stories to be told. How has that been for you? Uh, well, firstly, like um – my manager doesn't love it, but I, I just never give a damn about whether a painting will sell. Um, and some of my favorite paintings, I've barely sold, you know, more than a handful. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like I just want to be on this journey of constantly creating. So I will do a certain sort of a painting and then it's the next painting. It almost wants to like just rip that apart and do a completely different piece. So um, my early work was very much I wanted to challenge myself to do – representational work, details at a high caliber, you know, because I just felt like our stories are really good, but I didn't feel the quality of the art reflected that. I didn't see why the art that we create can't be as good as the art that's in the museums, as good as the, you know, the the paintings that like I love, like the, you know, the, the Caravaggio's and, you know, I'm not saying it's quite there, but at least it's a, you know, it's in that vein. Yeah. It's, it's something that maybe not look too amiss next to it. Unless you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that should be the why, – why can't why? that be the bar point? Yeah, why not? Like, like yeah, I want to – I, I, set, I set the bar at a point where I continuously fail. But that's always that's been my – That's the best bar to set. That's the – yeah. Because your idea of failure is other people's – can I have that please? Like I remember when I went to your studio and you had um, 
maybe it's going to be there. You, did, you don't have to yeah. reveal, but you had a depiction of Sid Ghost. Right. And I was like, I'm ready. And you're like, yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm not happy with that yet. Yeah. So I think it's important to set the bar high because when yeah. you love what you do, yeah. it's never going to be a bad piece of work, so to speak, because right. even, even if it wasn't to your standard, yeah. you you done it with love and passion and creativity that is still going to be something that's worth that was worth creating right and i, I think that's important as well because i think uh especially the younger artists you can often get disheartened with this idea of oh it's not like this right but it doesn't have to be set yeah. the bar high but yeah. then don't stop your creativity because you didn't hit that target yeah keep creating like you yeah. said you, you've 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 become a much better artist because you were forced you forced yourself to continue to learn certain techniques but now as a result you have this palette in front of you that allows you to pick from different yeah. um elements that you've learned mm-hmm. and actually mix them yes yeah no that's perfect that's exactly it so um in the course of this um Oh, incidentally, yeah, that painting will be there. Oh, okay, yeah, good. They, they, <laughs> I'm so glad. No, they convinced me. No, it's it's done. It's, yeah, it's bloody done. Just yeah. put it up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I look. For, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad people get to see that. Um. So this is what I was saying. Yeah. So what I did is my original work was a lot more. I wanted to do work that was on a representational level, on par with the paintings that I admired. Sure. But then, you know, I people aren't coming to see the work. Like people don't relate to the work simply because of details, you know, you're mm. drawing the shasters perfectly or anything like that. Yeah, it's good, but I think it's the connection. It goes goes back to the story. Yes. So then I said, you know what? In my recent work, I've said, you know what? I'm not going to rely on the crutch of being able to do really good detail to attract people's eye. I'm going to do really, really step away from that. So, for instance, earlier this year, I released a painting that I'm really proud of, um, and it was a uh, it, it's a um, Gobindrai's legacy. So it yes. it it shows powerful picture. Yes, powerful picture. So that picture is really about connecting on how we feel about that moment, mm. you know, as opposed to the specific. You know, it's not about like uh, the, exactly the how the event unfolded, but it's really just about Guru Gobind Singh Ji receiving, um, becoming the guru because he essentially receives uh, Guru Tegh Bahadur's head. Mm. And and it's about two things. A, it's about this incredible responsibility. Mm. You know, like our faith hangs by a thread at this point in history. And it's also about the fact, so it's about a young boy of nine years old taking that responsibility on. Um, but this is our guru too. And so it's not, you know, it's not any boy of nine year old. Yes, exactly. Um, so, and it's about pa- the passing of that response, the passing of the jot. So in the painting, there's, there's really just, you can, there's just such an intimate moment between Guru Gobind Singh's face looking down upon his father's face. And that's the whole painting. Mm. And the rest is feeling. I didn't want to put like some detail here or some detail there. The rest just becomes just a movement. Yeah. Well, you know? I think coming back to your background, it's it's like you took a frame, you know, like you took a frame of real. You've you've captured the shot, you've set the shot up and, and you've depicted that frame. And something I really respected about it was you did – it can be – it can be easy or it can be uh, an easy crutch to want to make it seem like a sad or somber moment or mm-hmm. like you could have uh, depicted uh, Guru Gobind Singh as being like upset. But right. but for me, like the image is quite 
it's exactly that. It's a it's a it's a pivotal moment of responsibility. Yeah, and and I think that's depicted in his in his face. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's uh, it's very strong. And, yeah, and that that comes back to what I was saying about you know the battle between you and Chris, which is ensuring the sick spirit maintains itself because that's where we're different. That is yeah. why our stories are different because mm-hmm. in what would what most of society would deem as a incredibly painful or sad or what emotion you want to give it our twist is very different because we have concepts such as Jardikala. Yeah. We have concepts such as Maharaj's Bana. Mm-hmm. And when you have that philosophy of mind, your outlook on what most people would look at in the situation is going to be different. And I, I think the facial expression covers that in a way that is, is uh, befitting to our history. So and, uh, have you found that to be um, something people want to put up in the living room or was it more an appreciation piece? No, astonishingly, it was okay. It was it was very interesting. So when I first released the painting, I mean, I wasn't sure what response I was going to get. Mm. I don't know how people. I mean, essentially, this is a nine-year-old boy holding, a, you know, his father's head. Yeah, that is not like a gentle, you know, yeah, uh, subject matter. And but more so than any other painting, I got so much such a positive response from it. Um, and I think there was only like one person that like out of like a stream that just, you know, disapproved. So it was interesting, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then curiously enough, yeah, people are putting it up. In fact, what's really special is in, in, I don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but in the initial point with the, um, the, the, ex- uh, the exhibition at Gurumania Granth is they, they wanted to isolate that painting completely, like to really so that they. Uh, so I don't know exactly how they've done it. Mm-hmm. There was originally they were talking about just putting in a completely separate room, with only that painting hanging in and only enough space that one two people can come in at a time, just see that, just contemplate that moment, you know, in isolation. Mm. So it, it's been a very powerful painting, and it's really reached a lot of people. Yeah. I think there's a wonderful significance to it because, again, similar to uh, that um, and also to, you know, Shahid Jaswan Singh Kalra is this idea that as a as a calm, as a community, we've never shied away from this idea. Yeah. If you go to most Gurdwari, yeah. you'll find um, photos upon photos of Shahid Singhs. Yes. It's not an unfamiliar. It's not an unfamiliar scene for us. We've grown up with it. So I think to depict it is really important. Even with, um, again, so I, I keep going back to it, but just, it's it's something I'm passionate about, so I'm naturally drawn to it. But with the Shahid Jaswan Singh Kalra picture, just the images of the soldiers mm-hmm. and 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 the the Singhs with their arms behind their backs, you know, it's very visceral. Mm-hmm. It's it's very raw, and it's it's I guess definitely for me, it's the most relatable. Not that yeah. any of the other pictures aren't, but mm-hmm. it's from my. I was born in eighty four. Yeah, it's it's from the generation. You know, I've come from this era. Yeah, so it's it's. I'm really happy that you've done that because it was nice that you said you were heading in this direction and you were able to find that time to create such a significant piece. And I think these moments are just as important because they tell – this is a living – just as much as a living history as a Guru Sakya. Right. And if not a more potent one because it's closer to our time era. Right. So to remind people that this 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 happened, this exists, and it still exists – and you're able to do that in a way that's um, so far-reaching because it's art. Yeah, I, I think that's really powerful and important. So I, I just, you know, 
thank you for doing that because I think it's an important part of telling the story and I'm glad you're not afraid to shy away from it and you're actually happy to take that on because you and something you said uh, on the previous podcast that really stuck out was when you were a kid it looked to what you as a kid were patake were fireworks because of what was going on during the attack yeah you know this is very real this is yeah. very honest uh, this is a part of our story and I think it's important that you are tackling it and 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 a part of you wanted to find this story and and bring it out in your style yeah this was i mean i think we could talk for an hour on this painting yeah, alone yeah. um it was a really like this was a personal journey for me this painting and it it reflected on so much of my life history um firstly i just think like you know i, I paint scenes from a history that's kind of a little bit out of reach and it becomes sort of idealized. So doing the painting of Just Want Sing Color, and I Just Want Sing Color to me is the essence of Kalsa. Mm. So it's it, it, because he, he was an ordinary guy. He was, yes. was like he worked at a, he was a bank manager, I think, right? And it's just that, you know, one of his friends just didn't show up to work. And that's what started his investigation. Yep. And that's what led him on this path. And he stayed committed to that path. Yep. And, his, his, and, and it wasn't anything glorious. He just really wanted to just give closure to the family so they would know yeah oh just in case sorry we, we're kind of talking knowing the subject matter but anyone right. who is unfamiliar yes if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about who just once in color was okay well so just once in color is our you know a human rights activist uh, out of india and um and in the late 80s and early 90s um he exposed uh how the um the in indian military forces um, backed with the uh, Punjab police, were basically um, illegally cremating uh, numerous Sikhs, which now ended up numbering in the thousands. Yeah. And these are just youth, um, uh, and mainly young Sikh boys and men. Yeah, exactly. And it was just basically it's just, at the end of the day, it was a reign of terror. Yeah, um, just to frighten the uh, population, um, and. You know, it's just, for me, just once in color, like, so the story is that, like, when his friend didn't show up to work, he started investigating, and he uncovered, eventually uncovered the fact that, like, so many um, young Sikhs that are, you know, the uh, uh, the government would claim that, oh, they've just gone overseas, they've just, you know. They're fake encounters. Yeah, but they yeah. were killed in fake encounters yeah. and then illegally cremated. And he did it by like following up the records of sales of firewood. This is it, yeah. You know, um, so the, the, that painting is very different because it, it tells, it tries to tell that whole story. So if you look at the piece, um, one thing I didn't do, I didn't want to embellish anything. So it was a very, very difficult painting to do because I had like um, just my wall plastered with these photos all of the like so the photos of shaheeds the photos mm-hmm. of innocent boys disappearing that had been disappeared you know I took them from like photos of you know you know farmers in the pin yeah, just holding yeah, up photos yeah. and then their son disappeared you know and and so I was painting real people mm-hmm. so I wanted to be respectful of that but it was really difficult I would work on the painting for a week and then I just had to put it away because it was just too much. It's, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. sitting in a dark room by yourself, working on this. It just really plagues your mind more and more. Um, so the painting took a really long process to get out. It, it was a good two years in the process. Um, and initially, when I I'd worked on it a little bit, 
and I'd shown um, a friend of mine, um, well, he's uh, sort of a mentor. He's uh, in Brampton. His, his name is um, um, Tom Smart. He's a uh, museum curator at the uh, Peel Arts Gallery. Oh, okay, yep. So um, I showed him that painting. I showed him a few paintings, but he immediately gravitated to that painting. He wasn't even interested That's in anything else. Interesting. Yeah, right? okay. um, he was so interested in the story. He was interested in the fact that just once in color, it had a Brampton connection because yes, the yeah. last speech he gave was in, in Dixie Gurdwara in yep. Brampton. Um, and he just urged me to keep it loose. He just says, don't, you know, I have a tendency to like be very detail oriented. Mm. So this was really challenging for me. So on top of it being subject matter, I had to develop a style that was different. That was contrary to my usual style sure yeah you know um and that kind of froze me up because i was so afraid of just messing it up i was afraid of doing something that wasn't like worthy of the story right so it was, it was pushing you out of your comfort zones and then suddenly doubt starts seeping in about yeah it's a style you're comfortable with yeah it started questioning every stroke and so it took a long time to get out it, and it's interesting there was nothing to think about i knew every everything that I had to put in the painting but yeah. putting it in was very difficult painting pictures of like you know, young men that, you know, um, were, you know, disappeared was very difficult. Mm. Uh, painting scenes of Sings uh, with their hands tied up uh, behind their backs with turbans, you know, and referencing like this was a shot of it. It was a lorry full of corpses. Yeah, and I had yeah. the photo of the lorry full of corpses with literally blood pouring out of the side. Yeah. And I had to paint that. So when you have to paint it every stroke, you know, you're drawing somebody's eyes, you, you know, yeah. it's, it, there's such a strong connection to the subject matter. So everything represented in that is it's basically it's a photo composed of 1984, pictures from 1984 to, you know, that sort of dark decade. Yeah. And it comes back to my childhood when I was growing up here in Heston. My dad would send me to the local newsagents to pick up the copy of Des Perdes every week. Yeah. And I'd go there and, you know, I was like 10 years old. Um, and I would walk home with this thing and I'd be looking at all of these pictures because a good, like 20 minute walk. So those pictures were so in Dell, you know, they were just in my mind. Um, so it was curious to, it was really, uh, it, it was challenging to revisit them, mm. to paint them. Um, and you know, just my connection to 1984 just goes back to the fact that like we lived in Amritsar and we left in 84. Yeah. Um, and I remember I lived with in like we had a hotel just out. We owned, we owned a hotel just outside of um, our Hermindershaw area, um, just outside the complex. Yeah. Um, and our lives were set like I was never meant to come to the UK and then go to Canada. We, we were, my dad had no plans for that. Right. He was an engineer. He worked for a British company, but he didn't even bother getting British citizenship. He just didn't want it. You know, right. he was like, no, our lives are going to be in India. Yeah. Um, so because of that happened, my whole life was turned upside down. Um, but I remember being there. And I remember when we were allowed to go to the site, visiting the site afterwards when they let people back to see it. So and then we left in like early 85. Did you go? So you got to see the Akal Takhtan? Yeah, yeah. So so a lot of that was just in back in my subconscious. So there's two paintings that I worked on that are very difficult, but they also were just, I think they're my best paintings or amongst my best. This and the painting that I did, uh, I don't know, five, six years back of Guru Hargobind and yes. the Akal Takht. Yes. That's called Lord of Miripiri. Yep. So, and that details the events of 84 as yeah. well. So. Really significant pieces. And I, I think um, 
because you're busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> if there's one thing I've established over this podcast, <laughs> you're, you're a busy guy. But like, as a f- as a fan of your work and as someone who appreciates you approaching this challenging work, I, I hope it's something you're able to continue because you've got a busy 2018 as well. So right. it's not easy. And, and it's very interesting to hear that this took two years because of the emotional connection. Yeah. But like, I think they're so important because outside of the actual photographs, it's not an area most artists tend to venture towards because yeah, probably because they don't know how to tell that story. And I think, you know, the world is a wonderful thing. You know, everybody, um, you end up um, you know you can't explain some things but such is your story that you are intrinsically tied to this because you mm-hmm. came from Punjab yeah and and you're right like you said um, your father had no intentions of leaving and yeah. most Punjabis yeah you know who wanted to leave who wants to leave home yeah in all fairness who yeah. wants to leave home so but I just find it fascinating that your you, your journey is so tied through no doing of your own, but such is the world that it is tied to this era and this event and this journey of having you forever connected to home, to Punjab, to yeah. your roots, and and it's found its way in your profession and your passion. Mm. Uh, it's it's really quite a beautiful thing, you know. Like it, it makes me quite. I'm I'm glad, you know, that you're not in Brampton or working at some factory or right. a graphic designer creating yeah, yeah. cool logos, you know, like you, you, you found an area that's so important, which is being able to tell our history in a format that, that lasts forever and yeah. that attracts a new generation every time because the next set of people who are going to see it may have um, a completely different relationship with it. Yeah. You know, and like I've started to think, and this is maybe I am getting old, but I've started to really start thinking about like, what does it look like a hundred years from now? Yeah. Cause you know, we're 30 years removed from these events. Yeah. And then if you want to talk the guru period, you know, 300 years, 500 years, what does it look like in a hundred years from now? Yeah. What, what does the idea of faith and Tarim look like a hundred years from now? Yeah. And, and these pieces and, and this commitment to creating this work for me is a snapshot and, and, and something to hold on to mm-hmm. that someone who, the way we look at the guru period history. Yeah. Someone will look at 84 in 100 years because Absolutely. for them, it, it will be a, a piece of Sikh history. Yeah. But that's why I think these these pieces are so important because I think generally a lot of artists will resonate towards the gurus. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like that art will continue to be created. Yeah. But these important moments, a Pachitra Singh even, you know, these yeah. important moments um, in, in Sikh history that aren't necessarily, I guess, the mainstream narrative, let's say. Yeah. I think there's just as important to capture because I know that, or I hope that in a hundred years from now, some kid looks at this and says, what happened here? Yeah. You know? And, 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 but that one question can spark an entire journey of learning about so much more of our history. The one comment I get from so many people, like when, when they, um, get my work and they put it up it's just that it just keeps sparking questions between their children and then it allows them to have an opening into a lot of conversations that they just you know you just don't randomly start talking about otherwise yeah and it's so significant because we are in the era of being able to binge watch netflix and get lost in other people's stories yeah that have pretty much just been fabricated from their head yeah we have the 
most epic of epic trilogies or whatever you want to call it that of our own history yeah. that like one picture can evoke so many questions in one family and you're right it can yeah. and actually i think saturday will be a a prime example of that because i think bringing the sangath together yeah to engage in this allows for such a rich dialogue and hopefully it sparks a furtherance of interest that they want to go home and be like i want to know more about that right you know your work acts as the as the spark plug but but hopefully from that moment someone walks away and be like what happened tell me more about machiwara jungle tell yeah. me more about maharaj's journey through there tell me more about what did it what did it feel like what did it mean for a 9 year old kid to have their father's head in like you can challenge ask challenging questions but for me it's important yeah it can't just be Netflix you know it can't yeah. just be marvel superheroes that's all yeah. great that's a part of life so be it yeah But this is ours and tangible and yeah, real yeah. and historic and significant that yeah questioning this can take you on a completely creative and imagine uh, imaginative journey yeah so i, I think uh, i'm just excited I, i'm really excited for this exhibition and and i think it's going to be really interesting to see the response because I, i i remember and i don't know if it's still the case but you mentioned when you first started out that the bulk of your work was being purchased from the UK. Yeah. When you were in Canada. So I yeah. think it's it's kind of coming full circle yeah. that you're able to have your first major permanent installation yeah. back in the UK. And I think you were mentioning it's a, it's like a 7,000 square foot space or yeah, something. Yeah, I I get numbers mixed up, but yeah, it was a big it's number. It's a huge space, right? Yeah, like, especially in London where <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. metric system and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, but space is sort of on the uh, on a premium so. Yeah, yeah, but I I think that's um I think it's an interesting place of engagement yeah. and hopefully it allows for a continuance of you being inspired to be able to create more series because yeah. uh, like from the way you're describing and we'll get to see on Saturday it's going to be watching it's a series it's a story yeah. you know it's it's episodes 1 to 10 mm-hmm. that that you can sort of walk through and and make your own story out of yeah. and I think that continuance is is something really important well I mean is there anything else you want to we've we've covered a lot as yeah. we always do and I'm grateful yeah. to have you in here because I think yeah. it's important to be able to share what you're doing but is there anything else Well I just want to say that you know I don't do a lot of exhibits as I've mentioned so you know if you are in the Slough area please come out to um Grumanio Grant Gurdwara 221 Bath Road and uh you know just I'd love to meet you I'd love to hear your take on the art if you're a fan and also it's just going to be a space for like families too because it's two it's a twofold idea one is to sort of tell that sick narrative tell our story really well yeah. but the other is also to really encourage the arts so there's going to be a lot of activities for young artists and just to kind of like motivate them and kind of you know so it's there's going to be a different energy about the place so that's really important actually uh, that's uh, so in terms of encouraging the the next set of artists like do you have any ideas or thoughts about good ways we as a community could encourage or nurture this culture to create more sick art you know i i just i just think we have to start creating spaces for it mm-hmm. like at the end of the day that's the hard part we we are starting to slowly but it's like a crack you know yeah. it's like we relegate so much space to so many things but if you want to have an art project even at a gurdwara you're lucky to get a cupboard space or yeah, something you know yeah. it's like well, you're, you're, in the, some, you're in the walkway <laughs> you're in the walkway or something like that and it's just like you know we've got to start like we have this amazing narrative we want like there's no better way to tell the story 
than through visuals. Yes. And, you know, we want to encourage the youth. I just, to me, that's a complete package. Yeah. You know, so we need to have projects and we need to invest in projects that, that will encourage this. You know, and at the same time as a community, I think we need to also have a high standard. We need to really look at how good our um, our history is, how good our stories is, and demand better work. Absolutely, you for know? us, for us, well. not even for the like. I don't think it's just so. Bob and Steve can understand our history. No, we should if for we, our own preservation. Yeah, you know, yeah. we should have it just to be proud of us. Yeah, and yeah. And and you're. I think you've you've mentioned that throughout this podcast, and I think it's a important theme to leave the audience with, which is be proud and set a standard that yeah. you know we should hold ourselves to and a high standard because we absolutely can create that. We yeah. just have to give it uh, importance and precedence. What. You know, I get asked like sort of artist advice because when people see that you've sort of had some success at it and it's a very difficult, especially in our community, it's a very difficult uh, to have any kind of success. Sure. Um, it's an uphill battle. But like, so I don't like to tell someone, okay, paint this way or that way, use more of red course, or blue. Yeah. Um, it's I, the only thing I just say is, you know, just be relentlessly original. Like that's a really important thing because so much comes out of that. You don't actually know the depth of your imagination until you start, you take a crowbar and start like mm. <laughs> popping that, That's you know, like really point, letting yeah. it open. So I think part of it is we have too much of a reliance on old imagery. And I think every like generation, you want to just get rid of the old. And I hope they do that with my work in 25 years. I've come up with much better <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Cause I want to see better you, stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to be challenged. And so I want to like, so when people ask, you know, what advice can you give? I mean, everyone's got a different style. So be honest and with your style, pursue your style. But just, you know, like if you're going to say like you want to be a sick artist, you know, not like a sick who happens to do art. Yes. But if you really want to focus on this narrative, really tell it in your own way. There's so many different perspectives, you know. So it's like sometimes I get asked like, you know, why don't you do more paintings of uh, scenes with Sikh women? And I'm trying to. But at the same time, I think we need more female artists that are approaching those subjects too. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And their and approach will be so unique because they'll understand it exactly. better than we could anyway. Of course. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Baji. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. I can't wait to see the exhibition on Saturday. So to you guys who are watching and listening, make sure if you are available this Saturday, the 4th of November, get yourselves down to Guru Manio Granth Gurdwara and get to meet Kanwar because you'll be then you'll be discussing the pieces as well, right? Yes. And if you absolutely can't make Saturday, I will still be around on Sunday. But Saturday is the event. It's uh, that will be unveiling. So that's the day to make it if you can. Brilliant. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you very much.